morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. And uh, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Hope you're all getting spoiled, breakfast in bed, all that other fun stuff. And uh, happy Father's Day to everybody out there and enjoy. And uh, if you're if you're not a dad, make sure you treat your dad well today. Look after him, do some nice stuff, or go spend some time with him. All that, all that fun stuff. Um, I was leaving to the radio station, and my son was uh, coming in uh, after camping out last night. So he's just getting home. So, uh, what a dad! Hey. <laughs> and uh, my daughter is out in Invermere for the weekend. She's on her way home. So I'll get to see my kids today as well. So looking forward to spending a bit of time with them. And uh, and actually, I've been pretty lucky over this COVID. They've both been working full-time at the store. So we've uh, we've put them to work and keep them busy in between a little bit of schoolwork and uh, all that other fun stuff. And where are we at? I got a picture of something. And... It's either sage or lavender, um, and I'm just—I'm uh, not a hundred percent sure, Darlene. I'm—I'm I'm almost sure it's—it's a—it's a lavender. Oh, it's not lavender. Okay, <laughs> I just got Zoe. She's texting me on the other line, um, saying that it's definitely not lavender. So I would say it is uh, just like the Russian sage or something like that. Um, is what I believe it is. I'm trying to uh, get through all these texts and all kinds of fun stuff going on. And, ooh, this one, uh, here we have a question. Do you have the Siberian Cypress? I want to replace my dead juniper shade area. Um, We do have a few. They come and go. Things are going really quick, so just... um, Typically check in Wednesday, Thursdays, but I believe we have some cypress in right now. I do have a whole bunch of junipers coming in this week. It's been such a hard year this winter on a lot of our evergreens, like just full-grown cedars, um, junipers, just decimated with that uh, that early frost, the dry winter up until July till freeze up and then just some really cold spells when they when they're gone to bed dry they almost like everything just freeze dry so it's been it's been a really tough year because on the one picture I have uh, who's asking for the Siberian cypress it's a little blue star juniper and usually they do really really well but uh, unfortunately it looks like you lost that one it uh, totally brown and unfortunately when you do lose when they do go brown, they very rarely ever will come back. Like they can't, all that foliage will, will not re-green again. You have to remove it all and then hope that it sends out some new growth and uh, and try and grow through that. But uh, it's usually a tough one. You're just sometimes better off to take it out and uh, and go, uh, go with something else. I'm going to go to the phone lines. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or one 800 Five six three seven 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 zero, and I'm going to go to Joyce. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning. Happy Father's Day, Merle. Thank you so much. Yeah, I just wanted to let you know all my roses and everything. Yeah, they started over from the bottom up. Yeah, that's a lot of the roses. Same, they got a lot of that. Um, Winter kill, unfortunately. So well, that's called refurbish, isn't it? Yeah, re- rejuvenation. Yep. Yeah. So just take yeah. them right down. As long as it's not like some of them, if it's some of the tea roses or some of the grafted roses. Oh yeah. If they come up from too low, they're going to come from a different rose because some of the roses are grafted onto a hardy rootstock. 
Oh, yeah. So. Well, as long as they grow. Yeah, but you're going to get a real single stem, like a typical prairie rose. Like they oh. use a really hardy rootstock, and then they'll graft a nicer rose on top of it. Oh, yeah. So depend, if you dig down, if you see like a little crotch, like it looks like a cane, like you can see where it's kind of hooked on, then if it's coming right below that, then you're, I would probably start fresh. Oh. But if it's above that, if it just died back to the ground, um, then the, the graft will still be alive, and then it'll go from there. Yeah, so. it's coming up from the ground. Okay. And my husband's cedar, he could start cutting it down, and it's green in there. Yeah, in the inside, but the outside, it's just when it's desiccated. You can try and rake all the, like, just get a rake and rake over the cedar and try and get all that brown yeah. off. And you can give it a try and see, hit it with 30 10, 10. Yep. And uh, don't hit it with it, but water it with thirty ten ten, and uh, and see if you can get some growth happening on that. And the th- and the number thirty is the first number, which is nitrogen, and try and push growth up top. Yeah. So yeah. that's the only thing I would try and do with that, and see if you can get something going. But it's a tough go when the cedars have gone all brown. So yes. All yeah. right. Alrighty. Thanks, well, Joyce. I think that's it. You have a great day. And thank you so much. Happy Father's Day to everybody. Yeah, thank you. And then we'll pass that on for sure. Okay. Thanks, Joyce. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye for now. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning. Excuse me. Good morning, Meryl. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. It's lovely out there, so it's good. It's gorgeous. Um, I'm calling about a rose bush, too. I've got something on it that is like a, a bright orange bead on the leaves and it's you know like a it's about as thick as a a fishing um, twine and it's um oh it's not a long thing but it's you know like it's say a centimeter long and it just dots on the leaves and on the stem at the bottom yeah roses have been hit a little bit there's a, a fair bit of bugs coming out right now at this time of year um, one of the best products for your roses is the Pure Spray Green. Okay. And I, I actually have brought Brian Rottenfusser from the Cowrie Rose Society. He's going to be joining me here in a bit. Oh, good. Yeah, he's going to call in, and so we'll talk about a few of the issues that people are going to see with roses. But Pure Spray Green has been used in the commercial rose growing industry all over the world for the last 30 years because it works as a fungicide, so powdery mildew and all that, but it also works great as a pesticide as well. And it's a natural product made here in Alberta by Suncor, which is a, is one of our local um, energy companies. So, oh, okay. Yeah, but it, they've been producing this as a pharmaceutical-grade mineral oil that they've produced over the like last 30 years, and they've been using it commercially in uh, wineries and on grapes, and then also in the rose growing industry for for a number of years. So, so with the with the rain we've been supposedly getting, I know we didn't get any here where I live um, in in southwest Calgary last night. But um, how often should be, you be applying it, or do you just every five days you? for for a few weeks, for three or four weeks in a row? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Thank yeah. you very much, Meryl. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I still got a bit of time for a couple more calls before I need to take a break. I'm going to go to Marlene. Good morning, Marlene. Good morning, Meryl. Uh, okay. um, I want to know, how. what is the best way to water trees? Should I have a soaker hose around a drip line? Should I have a sprinkler 
or should I a have a hose? Soaker hose is the best. Are you talking established trees or newly planted? Yes. Established. Yeah. Yep, yep. A soaker hose is your best. Um, if you have one of those sweating hoses or we have the fabric ones where it just looks like it leaks out, right. those are the best. You just put those around the drip line and just leave because you're not wasting any water. The water's not pooling and gathering and running off. It just soaks right into the into the tree. So 100% best way is a soaker hose around the drip line. Just lay the, lay the hose out. Leave it for six, seven hours, eight hours, once a week or something is awesome. Okay, good. Slow, slow deep watering is the best way to get uh, water into those trees. And you'll see a big difference. Like, when people, especially newly planted trees, we get this a lot and everyone wants bigger trees. So enhance the pot or the caliper in a basket is big and they fill up the little tree well on top, right? And it's only like two or three inches deep. Oh. So you got to remember like when that tree ball, tree root ball is a foot to two foot to three feet down, you need that slow trickle like a soaker hose. The tree water bags for newly planted trees are the best thing. Fill them up two or three times a week. And the water soaks in, gets right down to the bottom of that root ball. That way the whole root ball's alive. Not because when you don't water the whole root ball, the bottom half of it'll die off. So the tree's trying to survive on half the half the roots. So Okay, now if if I don't have one of those water bags for a newly planted tree, what's the just, other way? The best way is just a, a slow like just put your hose right at the at the trunk sort of thing, right by where you planted it. And just okay. just have it just come out of the hose. Like just a trickle, really, really tiny, tiny trickle coming out, and then just leave it, like I said, for five, six hours, two or three times a week. Okay. All right, thank and you. And put bark mulch on top. Um, cause that definitely helps hold the moisture in as well. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I think I have time for one more and then I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to go to Maureen. Good morning, Maureen. Good morning. How Hi, can Merle. I Hi. Well, um, kind of along the same vein of other callers. Um, I've got a really a couple pretty Swedish maize. They're beautiful. Those pink ones. And they got hit hard this winter. So I thought they were dead, but there's a couple couple of blossoms and a couple of leaves coming out on the lower branches, but everything else is dead. Now, I'm just wondering, is it worth me just cutting everything off except what's alive? Or and what kind of tree again was it? Sorry? Swedish may tree. Okay. Swedish may tree. Um, like a yeah, may... They're, they're may tree, but they're pink. Okay. They're oh, really so like, is, is it the sh- Swedish may... I don't, I've never heard of that, to be honest. It must be a, under a different name. I'm just going to take a quick look. Um, but if it's if it's died back, you can either try, if it looks like for sure there's nothing up top, yeah, you just cut out all the dead stuff and then let it come up from the bottom. How big of a okay. trunk does it have? Um, it's They're about five, six years old, so I don't know, um, four or five inches. Okay, so fairly big trunk. So Yeah. The, the thing is, if I, if I cut all the dead stuff off, I'm going to have like a couple of toothpick branches coming up like it's really yeah, bad. Yeah, so... <laughs> Um, is it like a, is it not, is it a May Day or? It's a May Day, but it's pink. It was okay. a cultivar. I got a, they, they, they were making them in, in Manitoba. I got it that May. And it was just beautiful. So May pink. Day. And that turns, you mean the leaves turn red? No, the blossoms are pink. Really? Okay. May Day that has pink. Yeah, they, and unfortunately they probably get the black knot as well. Um, which yeah, is. Yeah, I've, I've had to cut that out of my, cause I've got other May trees too. I've had to cut that out of everything. Okay. Yeah. So, 
Um, those will do it nice as a clump tree. So if you cut it even right down to the ground, it'll sucker up. Okay. And well, uh, that work. yeah, and then you get a nice more form, and then you can control it there as it grows. Okay, yeah, because it's already got some suckers at the bottom, so I bet if I... Yeah, here we are. Yeah, pink Mayday. I don't I don't bring in a lot of the Maydays or Schuberts anymore. I used to sell two or 300 a week almost of the Maydays and Schuberts, but just with the amount of black knot, I just don't feel great about selling them because I know people are going to end up having troubles with them over the years. Yeah. So I just... Same with birch. I used to sell lots and lots of gorgeous birch, but I just... It, it, they've just been decimated with that birch leaf miner that I've just... I've. I, we just don't recommend this. We just we're moving to other trees to that will do well in our environment and that uh, don't have those type of fungus problems because we have lots of the prunus family, like the native choke cherries, all around in our river valleys. And unfortunately, when we've brought this um, Schuberts and Maydays into the into our environment, it's spreading that black knot all through our native areas as well now. So it's actually it's it's it's. They're not a great tree, unfortunately, for our for our area. We used to have other varieties that didn't get it, but they played with the. They've hybrid them too much for the looks, so they brought on one that's called a Bailey Select Schubert, and gorgeous leaves, everything's perfect, but it's very susceptible to the black knot. So, okay, they've sort of pruned or they've bred some of the hardiness and some of the disease resistance out of out of it, unfortunately. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah, take bad, a, take, May, May, trees, May trees are great trees. They smell like, But you're right. I've, I've had that black. Yeah, tree. they're gorgeous, but they just get that, and that's the part that's hard on them, right? So yeah. just take it right down to the ground, and it'll just it'll be it'll turn into a clump. I'll have, I'll have some shrubs. Okay. There you go. Yep. But it'll be a big shrub. Like I had one in between my neighbor and I when I lived in Sundance. It was awesome. It was like twenty feet high, twenty feet wide. It was just a big. It was awesome because it was a great privacy tree, and we do we do sell. Like clump trees, and we used to sell clump Schuberts because they'd have two or three clumps like that, and they're mm-hmm. great for privacy because they get leaves all the way from the bottom rather than okay. just like a tree. Just like a tree. Yeah. All right, well, at least it's better than me getting rid of it totally, so yep. thank you very much. Yep, just, and keep an eye on that black knot. You can treat it early on, like right now, spray it with pure spray green or... Uh, I just cut it out. Okay, yep. Just make sure you don't burn it, just throw it in the garbage, and yep. clean your pruners in between cuts. Okay, great. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up. Prune it up. We got you covered. And uh, right now I'm going to go to the phone line, and I have Mark from Prune It Up on the line. So good morning, Mark. How you doing? Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you. Yeah, you got a new little one. Leo has joined the the Terrozo clan. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he'll be three weeks this, this Wednesday. So, yeah, we, uh, we had a little bit of a rough night last night, but it's okay. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Yeah, it sure does. You used to have rough nights at the bar, but now it's rough, rough nights at the, the living room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know who, how you recover from either of them, but hey, we do. Um, so lots of winter kill this year, Mark, on trees. Yeah, yeah so, lots, of, lots of winter kill on trees and shrubs. I was just uh, 
sitting in my backyard here having a coffee and my uh double flowering plum shrubs are lots of deadwood in those um yeah we had that really early frost and a lot of the root systems have fruit dried and you know we're, we're getting a lot of shrubs and trees that just never pushed out new buds and yeah and then just going to bed real dry over the winter and we didn't get no snow cover until late december so it, it was tough on a lot of those things so yeah 100 percent. and i i'm really trying to to push clients to to get in there and do some fertilizing and and lots of deep watering um unfortunately on some of the the shrubs and, and less mature trees you might be looking at replacement or rejuvenation um but yeah, like everything should be butted out and in bloom right now. Yeah, I know by now it should be pushed, eh? Yeah, it really should. And and I know with some of the big mature trees, people are going to be a little reluctant to, to do anything with them. So maybe just be a little bit more patient, maybe another another month to see if these but it, mature trees will come out. But that's where the tree sends in its own natural defense mechanism, right? So if there's not enough moisture in the ground, the tree shuts down the top half of it, and it won't leaf all the way to the top because it takes way too much energy to go all the way to the top. It'll do the bottom half because it just doesn't have the, the, high, the water or the nourishment to, to leaf out because it takes a lot of energy to put all those leaves out. Yeah, 100%. I know a lot of people are, are calling in saying they want to remove them and trying to really just tell people just be a bit, bit more patient, do do a fertilizer treatment, try and uh, try and get these to, to push out and, and just see how they respond. Yeah. So, but you're also doing, we're, we're going to extend or, or keep doing the, you're doing the deep root fertilizing, which is really helpful, getting some nourishment down there. So people give your trees a really good water, this deep root fertilizing um, will get that energy that the tree needs to, to push through some of this stuff. Yeah. And, and iron supplement, it's, it's key to break down some of the clean soil and, and feed those fine root hairs. Okay, and that in our fertilizer that you're putting in there has some uh, iron in it as well. It it does, yeah. It's got the supplement rate in the product. Okay, awesome. So, and typically, how long does it take someone if they come out to for, when you guys go in to fertilize uh, the say someone has five trees? They or is it in and out sort of thing, like half hour? Yeah, it's an in and out. Uh, it's just a matter of just calling or emailing, and getting on our list. Um, yeah, we can get you in fairly quickly. We're we're going full tilt on it. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be good to to do this first, just to see if we can really push it to to start to come in. Um, and again, just trying to be a little bit patient, but not jump the gun and and go to removal. You know, but if you do have some of those old poplars, you're seeing some dead wood, you're seeing some things, you got to remove it. Like it's just you got to remove the dead, de- dead damage or disease branching right now. Yeah, the, the dead 100%. Um, but, you know, if you're if you're touching the tree and it still feels fibrous and they're not snapping, yep. it's, tr- it's trying to do something. So Okay. Awesome. Well, and I think for right now that's the most important thing for our trees is is water and fertilizer that you're saying right now. So Yep. 100%. Awesome. Well, thanks, Mark. Enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, it. we'll see you tomorrow. Sounds good. Thanks. Take care, man. Bye bye. All right. And I got to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's talk gardening on 770 CHQR.
That's the problem with some of these uh, songs. Eh? They're kind of touching some of these uh, sentimental Father's Day songs. And, and uh, not that I would be dancing with my dad, but, uh, you know, you sort of you can definitely feel those uh, sentimental vibes on those ones. I'm just going to take a couple of quick calls. Uh, Brian, I brought in Brian Rottenfusser from the Calgary Rose Society. I was going to take two calls quick as they've been waiting a long time, and then I'll get right to you. Good morning, Michelle. How can I help you? Hi, Merle. Hi there. Hi. I am calling about a nine-bark tree. Uh-oh. <laughs> and um, Mark did answer my question, but I did put um, a shot of Rage Plus. Okay. And um, I've been watering it. But it's only it's just got a bit of stuff coming out from the very bottom as if it were a shrub. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, and- it probably died back. It probably that top... Because what they've done is they've trained it was a shrub, and then they take one and they train it up and turn it into a like a topiary tree. Okay. And unfortunately, it probably got winter kill when it this that really cold that we had early September when we went down to minus twelve, and some parts of the city was minus eighteen, mm-hmm. and it was full of water, and then we had a really dryness after that throughout the winter up until Christmas. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, if there's nothing coming up above that. You just have to cut that off at the bottom, and you're going to end up with a nice nine bark shrub. Okay, no, yeah. I, that's okay. And then I um, also was listening to Mark, and I have a Russian um, olive yeah. that is really struggling to leaf out. Nothing much. Yeah, nothing those those unfortunately, all the real hardwoods and like some of the fruit, lilacs, Russian olives, um, even the columnar aspen, which is softer. They've got. Um, they don't do well when we get those conditions in our winter, that winter desiccation and the dryness. Really, really tough on them. So should I take that tree out? If it's over, yeah, I'd probably have a look at it, and that's where some of you might even want to call Mark out to have a quick look. How big of a tree is it? It's um, about, how tall am I? Uh, about uh, 12 feet tall. Yeah, so fairly big one. Um, yeah, you might want, if there's nothing, you can prune it back until you where you see, because we always have to cut our Russian olives back anyways, always like six inches off the tip because they always get tip dye back. Mm-hmm. But some years like this one, that's a lot worse on them, unfortunately. So you can take it back until you, if you see anything, but if you're not seeing anything, yeah, it's it's pretty much so done. just essentially pretty much done. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was essentially the weather of this particular winter. I yeah. mean, I've been here all my life. Yeah, but it's my just... Market, Pussy Willow is also yeah. really struggling. Yeah. The city came by and did a number on it, though, in the spring. Um, but again, like you said, it's, things aren't leafing out. No, it's just, it was the perfect storm, unfortunately, not in a good way for a lot of those because it was still, all the trees were still, it was warm in September, all the trees and that were full of foliage. We were going into having a spectacular color foliage in the fall there, and then we got that freezing, freeze-dried, and it went to like minus, like I said, up to minus 18 in some parts of the city, and it just, and they're full of moisture at that, that just freeze-dries them, and it just tears apart the tissue in the le- in the branches and then going after that and went dry all the way until um, almost Christmas and just yeah the perfect storm to wreak havoc on our on a lot of our trees so all righty all right okay well thanks so much for okay. your help thanks Michelle okay. bye bye
All right. And I'm going to go to Brian Rottenfusser with the, with the Calgary Rose Society. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. I seen one of your posts there yesterday from the Rose Society on the Persian Yellow, and I said, hey, we should probably get Brian on the chat. So uh, thanks for replying back to me so quickly and uh, coming on and filling us in on some rose, lots of rose questions this year, lots of people planting roses. So Well, and... and uh, like the uh, lady who was just on with the winter damage, we're seeing a lot of damage on the roses this year too. Absolutely. And so, what, what are you recommending? Or like, you're, the main thing is—is is that what you figure caused it too? Is just that freeze drying in September and then just the, the dry, dry fall? I—that's likely it. I've got a couple of hardy ones on the outside of my fence on the south side that are doing fine. They're into bloom. And they're looking great, but I've got other ones in the yard that are died way back. And just last evening, when I was out for a walk, I looked at a tree for a neighbor, uh, a rose tree, and and uh, I think it's a Henry Kelsey. And he was wondering whether he should dig it out because it looked like it was dead to the ground. And we dug around at the bottom and found a little shoot coming. And that's the advantage of the own root roses. Absolutely. And that's what I was explaining to the one caller earlier is some of the roses are grafted onto a different hardy rootstock. And and if it dies past the graft below, you're basically going to get uh, just a prairie sage brush type rose. <laughs> oh, and, and if it was on uh, Rosa multiflora, there's one in the yard next to me that has never been pruned back and it has uh there's dead wood there that's got to be 15 feet four meters long that it's it's huge okay and, and um it you know it just goes wild on on the good years and this year it's basically dead to the ground but i expect it'll come back again yeah, it'll be interesting to see when all the persian yellows they should be just starting to bloom right now shouldn't they pretty quick but everything is so late this year yeah my apple tree that I've kept records on for many years was uh, three days later than it had ever been before with the first bloom. Oh, okay. So, you're keeping that close a record. <laughs> I just write it down. Yeah, no. First bloom every year. And yeah. uh, the record had been the 1st of June, and this year it was the 3rd of June. So that's the latest it's ever come into bloom. Yeah. So a really slow spring this year. Yeah, which is, which is good in some ways because then it just hopefully... Um, we didn't get any frost damage to the blossoms and things like that. And, uh, so you don't want it too late, obviously, but it's, it's better than coming too early. And then we end up getting the frost or something like that and we get no fruit. So, well, that's right. But I've, I've got, a an Evans cherry that is sort of the top half of it is dead, but yeah, they took a beating this year too. They, it, it, but I've been watching it carefully and each day. Or every couple of days, I can see that the sap seems to be advancing a little farther, a little farther. Next set of leaves is coming out on some of the branches. So The product that works really well on that as well as that Rage Plus, it pushes life back into, I've seen it lots of times, push life back into um, birch trees, um, apple trees, different things. It just rebuilds the tissue in it. And this really helps push life back into, we had a customer send in a picture of like a 25-foot birch. Right. She picked it up. She came into the store around the 1st of June and is having some issues with her birch. So we gave her the, with, gave her the Rage Plus. She came back on July 15th 
with a picture of the same tree and it leafed out right to the top and the top third was dead before. So Interesting. Yeah, it didn't leaf out. If if it's three or four years going, it won't push life into it. But if it's just the one year, a lot of times the the rage plus will push life back into stuff. It it really helps re re facilitate the tissue cultures and that in the in the branches, and then pushes life back up into them. So it's it's kind of amazing stuff. I I thought that perhaps because it was pretty dry this spring, that that also perhaps slowed things down. Yeah, no, it definitely did. But it was just then we had so much snow. And late, like we were still, like May first in the back of my tree lot, I had six inches of ice. Like we've never, our irrigation system was frozen until May tenth, almost. Like we had to rejig our, I had to run temporary lines across the tree lot to the other side to get water on on, on our trees because it was still frozen underground. So, and that's never happened. Like this year, like, and then just so cold right up until, like I said, May 10th, almost May 8th, it was still frozen. So the ground was frozen quite good after that, but went to bed really dry. So there was nothing deep in the ground for the, for the plants to, uh, to sustain. And when they go to push up, there was nothing there. So. Yeah. Unfortunately, yep. So what do you what do you see? Like we know, I get a lot of people say with spots on roses, um, different things, little uh, bugs eating them. What what are the sort of the top three or four things that are affecting our roses? Uh, so far this year, I've seen no disease, but I'm um, just in this last week. What I'm seeing are stem borers. So if you've got uh, a rose and and some of the stems stop growing, and the tip of it looks like the burn tip on a match. Look closely, and, and if it looks like a burn tip on a match, you get in there and, and dig around in there, and you sometimes find a little grub that's living right within the stem. And I do not know what those are after they become adults. There's some kind of an insect that lays an egg on those growing tips. Probably and, almost like a leaf miner of some sort. We seem to have a lot more of those bugs getting into. I even see it on like our Swiss chard and spinach and stuff. I noticed that on mine yesterday. Yeah, but th- these guys, I, I get them every year, even on my potted roses. I, I see these, and so something lays an egg there. The grub develops. It lives within the the stem, and then it drops out and pupates in the soil. But I don't know what the adult looks like. And this is just the time when I'm seeing those. So if if you look closely at your roses and notice these, you can get in, and if there's a little grub there, you can cut that tip off, kill the little grub, and uh, that tip will regrow and hopefully bloom a little later in the summer. Okay. Yeah, and sometimes, like you say, your best is if it's, things aren't looking on top, just snip them off and let it start fresh, right? Well, once that growing tip is, is gone, the other... Like I've got one rose out here with number of growing tips, and some of them all at once just weren't keeping up. Yeah. So I got looking at them, and those are the ones with the little grubs in. So just cut those ones off. And what do you have? Have you tried the pure spray green on your roses? No, I have not. Okay, that you should try that because I know a lot of the commercial rose growers have used it. Um, over the years, because in Canada it's not registered as a fungicide, but it does work really well on powdery mildew as well. And in the states, when you see it, it has the registration of both. 
okay. um, fungicide and an insecticide, and it's a it's a natural, it's a pharmaceutical grade mineral oil. So it's uh, it's quite a good product that we've had lots of good luck with it. So yeah, I haven't put any chemicals on my roses for a number of years. Now. Nice, keep it natural. Well. I, I attributed it partly. I'm too lazy, but <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go with the let's go with the first one. Let's say you're environmentally friendly. Yeah, there yeah. you go. All right. Well, thanks for taking your time and uh, out of your day, and happy Father's Day and, to and you. Remember, people can always get uh, catch up with the Calgary Rose Society on their website. So. Absolutely. See, I imagine there's no rose show this year, unfortunately. No rose show. It's been canceled. The last thing that happened is we got our roses delivered the end of uh, April and. Uh, we're doing an open garden next week, but it, uh, with a long list should, of social distancing. We things. should maybe look at setting up a little display out at, at the garden center one weekend coming up in the summer. If you want to look at something like that, let me know, because uh, being outside, we're able to do a lot more of those type of things. So Yeah, with the social distancing, we've yeah. really got to look at unique and different Yeah, things no, and we, we do that every day. We have signs at the store, and it's, it's worked out really well, and we've had... Uh, Occupational Health and Safety and AHS out working with us, making sure we're following the guidelines, and it's worked really well. So We can contact you later. Talk Absolutely. About Thanks, Brian. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. How can I help you? Yes, uh, onions. Uh, yes. Onions. I My onions never perform very well. I I think it's because I'm not feeding them enough or not properly okay. or whatever, because they only come out in August about the size of golf balls. Okay. And what type of soil are you? Are you growing them in full sun, like well-drained garden soil? Yeah. It's a raised bed, full sun, and every fall I bury the leaves in it to uh, regenerate it. And okay, I... that could be part of the problem, too, because um, when you put in fresh leaves and things like that, you're actually stealing nourishment out of it to go through that decomposing process. Oh. Because um, it needs to sit and age longer than just that over this, over one winter. So you need to do a compost pile separate. So you've actually turned your flower bed into a compost pile almost. Um, so to, to really benefit from that, you need to compost ahead of time. And then once it turns into compost, then you add it into your veggie garden. Or if you're doing it throughout the summer, um, and then it, it, it'll keep feeding it like that. But if you just put all the leaves in at the fall and turn it in, um, that's, it'll take all that energy and it takes a lot of the nitrogen and stuff out of the soil to decompose. Oh. <laughs> I've been doing it for years. Yeah, so that's sort of why you're maybe not getting some of the best results on that. Okay, um, now so I should I should put the leaves in and skip a year, right? Yeah, or or just start another compost pile somewhere else, or just depends how big of a bed it is. Like just just buy some. Um, we actually have some, and I was going to talk about this earlier. We have a new product called Green It Up Soil Enhancement, and it's it's like a really fine mulch soil, and you can mix it in your soil. It's really really nice, nice nourishment to it. Um, or you can use like a sea soil, something like that, um, would work really well. Or yeah, just in the mean. In the meantime, uh, this year, I would just start I, feeding can I, can I it. Like, them? yeah, the, uh, onions. Yeah, so use like a fifteen thirty fifteen or a twenty twenty twenty. Like, just yeah. give them a f- shot of fertilizer once a week. 
Just liquid. Uh, just yep. pour the yep. liquid water on soluble, it. watered in. Okay. Absolutely. We'll, we'll give that a shot. Thank awesome. you very much. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye bye. Do I need to take a break or wait? All right. I'm going to go to Jerry. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning. Hey, how can I help you? I have a 35 year old mountain ash. Yep. It's uh, usually in a very good condition, uh, but for the last two, three years, we've had quite a few branches where the leaves are a pale yellow instead of the dark, nice... uh, You could be getting a fire blight in there, too. Beg your pardon? You could be getting a blight in it. Blight. Yeah, like a disease. The mountain ash tend to get that. Okay. If there was a broken branch or one little branch that was broken before and it didn't heal properly, it opens it up for... So what I would do is just call a good certified arborist. If you want to give our boys that green it up a call, they can come in and evaluate and do any pruning you need to do on that. But you should cut it out. Otherwise, you're going to end up with more. It'll keep spreading through the whole tree. Okay. That sounds like logical advice because we've had some... uh there's a the heavy snow on when the yeah. trees were on. Yeah, some breakage. Yeah, okay. so then yeah. if those didn't get cleaned up properly, that opens it up for disease and it spreads through it. So Okay, yep. All right. Thank you. You're yeah. welcome. Thank Bye-bye. You. Bye. All right, I'm going to go to one more here. Let's go to Jim. Good morning, Jim. Hey, uh, how you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? Good, good. I had Mark come out and do some trees, and actually it was nice to hear him. So do you, so, and some of them I was wondering about, so, when you do, you guys have a stump grinding service too? When you yes, treat? yes, we do. Okay. okay, so on your on your uh, the the your green it up thing that you keep talking about that that's not necessarily a fungus side, but so will that work on on fairy ring? Um, it probably it, it wouldn't hurt it. Um, are you getting the mushrooms and stuff first? Yeah, yeah. Probably more often than not, there's um, you have to deal with that is. Pick those right away, and you might have some, might organic, have some organic matter, matter underneath those rings, those like, rings like old logs or broken wood chip underneath where, where you're getting those problems. Or or it's a fungus that spread, like if you run over those mushrooms with your lawnmower, or if you have someone mow your grass and they do it, it spreads it throughout it. So you can use, you can try the pure spray green. It's not registered for that, but it is a great fungicide. Um, the other one is um, you can use like a copper spray, which will help. But the biggest thing is is just changing the water, slow deep watering, and and then using the green it up lawn fertilizer as well. Okay. So so is it when you're talking, just do it on the top, or should it dig it in, or? push it in or anything or just or just spray D- it on the top yeah just do it as soil drench over top of the ring like just mix it into a pail and then just pour it around that ring okay thanks all right take care bye-bye and i'm going to take a quick break you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I'm going to go right to the phone line. We're going to go to Renata. Good morning, Renata. Good morning, Meryl. How can I help I, you? I have raspberry bushes. They have been planted around 1975. Okay. They have been doing superb. I had good harvests. And the last couple of years, it is just awesome. Do you prune out the deadwood? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, the only other thing I can think is if the lighting has changed or if they... Have you been fertilizing? 
I have and I haven't. Okay. They are heavy feeders, and especially as they get older, too, like they do need to get fertilized, like a 15, 30, 15, something 15, like that. 15, 30, 15. Yeah. Okay. High middle number produces flowers and then fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then making sure you're cutting out the old last year's deadwood. Yes, um, and I have some areas they just don't have any canes coming up. Yeah, and and part of it is is probably this year is a little bit of that winter kill that affected a lot of the trees and shrubs in yeah. in Calgary right now. So if there's nothing there and if there's no leaves on them, I would just cut those branches out, give it a good slow deep watering, put a soaker hose on there, and give it some shot of fertilizer, um, sort of once a week for the next two or three weeks, and that'll help give it a push. Okay, uh, because last year it was close to the same, so. Once a week, that should be good. Absolutely. Okay, okay uh, give it a try. Thank okay. you so much. Yeah, good luck. Hopefully Thank that works. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, I'm going to go to Patrick. Good morning, Patrick. Hey, good morning, Merle. How can I help you? Uh, I'm down in High River, and I bought this house a couple of years ago. It's got had four really nice cedars, two kind of tall ones that are like 20 feet, and then two that are round like a ball. Yep. And uh, the ones on the west side, or east, East side of the building, they did good this winter. The one on the south got killed. Yeah. Uh, but I got one that's a big round ball. It's probably nine feet uh, high, and I need to <clears throat> trim it back quite a bit because I'm having trouble getting in my door. It's right by my door. So, but if I, all the greenery is on the outside because it's a ball shape, if I need to take it down kind of like two feet, three feet all the way around. Is yeah. That yeah, it's hard to do with the cedar taking back that much because when you cut into the inside of it, there's going to be nothing there. Yeah, there's nothing there. Yeah, so I, I probably wouldn't recommend that. Um, I guess if you unless you have to, it's some that needs to should have been done um, at the time to keep it at a certain thing when it's just at at that height. If it's right. been left and then trying to do that, and you, you can, but and it'll take a bit to recover and fill back in. Yeah, it might come back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. And then uh, actually, I just got to put you on hold. I just got to go for a, for the news. Thanks. Okay. All right, got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and uh, I'm going to just go back to Patrick, and again, just on the text. Um, please don't be offended. I'm going through, there's a lot of text and sometimes I'm just giving you one or two word answers. Like yes. And things like that, trying to get through them all. Um, so I appreciate that. And, uh, I, if I had more fingers to go faster, I would. but, uh, right now at this time of the show, we're very, very busy today. So, which is great. I'm going to go to Patrick. Okay. Patrick, yeah. we'll finish up your call there. There are just two quick ones. So I've got one of the tall uh, cedars, about half winter killed. Do I cut the dead stuff off? Yeah, if it's died back, it's just, again, it's going to be hard on it because you're going to leave a pretty big open um, branch there. So give that a try. Um, Just take back. Sorry? Any fertilizer? 30-10-10. All your evergreens right now, 30-10-10. Until about mid-July, then you want to stop fertilizing or um, have our printed-up guys. We're doing the deep root injections on a lot of trees. And I recommend that a lot to a lot of people. Like if you're having a few tree issues this year, deep water and then that deep root injection with the fertilizer will definitely give them a good boost. So 
Okay, and when's the best time to cut back a lilac bushes? Uh, as soon as it's done blooming. Uh, you just, oh. yeah, then, then you can trim it back. Okay, real uh, good. Thanks, thanks man. Bye-bye. All right, and right now I'm going to go, it's not quite a gardening theme, but we're going to go to Dave Howard. Uh, good morning, Dave. Hey, how are you? Good, Thanks good. And uh, so, Dave, you're with the event group, correct? I am with the event group. We're presenting a, a great show that uh, your team has generously sponsored. Yeah, we. I've seen that uh, you have a, it's very community-orientated, and we've been fortunate to have a pretty good year and lots of people gardening, so we want to be able to help give back and our... Our uh, partner here at uh, Course and 770 and 107 and everybody here in Country 105 are sponsored. You have a virtual exactly. concert coming up. Yeah, so it's called uh, uh, Heartbeats, Calgary Heartbeats, and it is airs next Saturday online. And you can go to heartbeatslive.ca to watch the full show, and it's from uh, 5 o'clock to uh, 8 o'clock. And the whole idea here is to support um, the charities that have really been affected by uh, COVID-19. Uh, we have talked to our police and, and, you know, unfortunately we have suicides in the rise and so many issues going on right now. No, and that's true. And we get that a lot. Like people, then when they come to the garden center, they go, Merle, thank you so much just for being open. Like this gives them a, a breath of fresh air. Like they get to go somewhere where it's a bit normal. Like we're able to do the physical distancing. We have 10 acre store outside. They can wander around the tree lot or whatever and just get their mind off of COVID. Like it's so, it's been hard on a lot of people. It really has. And, you know, we've got, these are, we have incredible artists. So we have Ruben in the Dark, yep. Paul Brandt, Kisa, uh, Loverboy, uh, Lindsay L., um, just to name a few. And, and uh, I knew, uh, probably new to some people in Calgary, but just massive uh, is uh, Tate McRae, and she's doing incredible uh, all around the world. And uh, so they've all lent their talents to this show. And the goal here is we want to raise a million dollars. Awesome. And support those charities that have really, uh, their the call for their services has gone up, but donations have just dropped. And so this is a community-focused event, and, uh, you know, we appreciate your team being on site. No, no, we were, we, when we seen the opportunity to, to get on board and, and help sponsor, and, and, uh, and uh, we sponsored one of the artists, which is we're looking forward to, to seeing that uh, and listen to that concert next Saturday. And, uh, and it's, they're all local people too, right? They're from Alberta. Yeah, it's surprising. All from Calgary. Oh, awesome. These are musicians that have made it huge all around the world, but they have uh, come back. We asked them to participate in the show. Not one of them had any issue with it. It was great. What do you need from me? How do I get involved? And like you said, we have the media partners on side. And it's a good chance for people to, you know, on Saturday, 5 o'clock, like I said, uh, you know, order direct from your favorite restaurant. Avoid those delivery uh, companies. Go pick it up. Uh, spend three hours with us, and it's music for the whole family. Every genre is there. That's awesome. And uh, so, is there is it uh, is it free to watch, or is it a subscription type thing, or is it? It is a free show. So again, we're trying to raise capital, raise money for these charities. So uh, you can do that on the website as well. As I said, it's uh, HeartbeatsLive.ca, and so we're encouraging people to donate. We also know there's a lot of people that have been hit by. It's, you know, the downturn in the economy, COVID-19, and then this recent hail. 
Yeah. Um, some people just need a break, and they can't afford <laughs> to go to a show, right? Absolutely. So there's going to be people there that are, that can't donate, and there'll be others that, that will be, and That'd be a good community event. No, and, and that's why we want to jump on board, too. We were fortunate. Like, a lot of people gardening. We've had a, a pretty good year. A lot of people out buying plants and doing those kind of things. So we have the opportunity to give back, and uh, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. And uh, awesome. So that starts at 5 o'clock? 5 o'clock next Saturday, and you can only see it at uh, heartbeatslive.ca. And, uh you know, it's, it's going to be a great celebration, a great opportunity just to escape for a while. Yeah, so get your uh, get your uh, online thing ready to roll with your download speed and uh, get it on the screen. And uh, with nowadays, you can put it on TVs or everywhere anyways most of the time. So um, yeah, It's a click and play on our website. You just press the play, you'll see the big open screen, and then from there you can watch it on a computer. But like you said, stream it right to your TV. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for joining us. And uh, if you want information, you can see it at uh, the Heartbeats Live website right now yeah, if you want to donate. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great show. Thanks, Dave. Bye-bye. Yeah, so looking forward to that. That's going to be a fun uh, next Saturday. So you want to see some local Calgarians that have made it big in the, on the world stage. And they're going to give back next Saturday between 5 and 8 and uh, at the heartspeedlive.ca website. And uh, we sponsored one of them, um, Lindsay L. I seen her at an event a few years ago. A buddy of mine, Les Bound, she played at, uh, he did a charity event a few years ago and she played, went up on stage with Phil X, the guy from Bon Jovi. And she went up there and ripped it up. She is a phenomenal guitarist and uh, it's good to see Loverboy and all the other artists he'd mentioned. So fun, fun. And I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to talk some gardening again. Good morning, Gary. Uh, good morning. How are you this morning? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, I have a columnar aspen uh, that earlier this spring uh, only had maybe a, a quarter of its leaves out at the very bottom. Yeah. And uh, somebody looked at it and said it is boar beetles. And nothing was coming up top. Now it seems as though they're coming up top. What should I do about this? Um, it's it, those are hard ones. A lot of them are systemic. And is the tree leafed out totally? No. Yeah, we've there's been a lot of the columnar aspens have been hit really hard the last couple of years with this freeze drying as well, because mm-hmm. they they typically keep their leaves on quite a long time before they shut down so they get affected when we get that late of that early cold like in september october when we get that minus 20 they get freeze dried a fair bit um with those boars i guess it's hard to know for sure um basically i would just ensure i'm deep watering but if you're getting no leaves coming out you might just look the tree might unfortunately be done you might have to look at removing it at that point, if it, if it's getting the desiccation and the borers and stuff, what I, I, what my recommendation would be is call like Mark at Prune It Up, have him come have a look at it. Um, I live a, quite a ways out of town. Okay, if there's any arborists in your area, then give them a shout. Um, if you want to, you can send me a picture if you could. Um, even send it to Prune It Up at siugc.ca, and Mark can have a look at that and see if he can help you out. Okay, prune it up at, at UGC. No, S I U G C. Spruce it up garden center. All right. Okay, All right. spruce it up at Garden, yeah. 
S-I-U-G-C dot C-A. C-A yeah. And just send it to Mark. Benny. Yeah. Thanks, Gary. Okay, thank Take you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And apologize. We're going to go to Bernice. Good morning, Bernice. Morning. Hey, how can I help you? Um, I have. I had a, a, a fair size yard, and it was all dirt for a number of years because I have dogs. And uh, I just recently had somebody put sod down for me. Yep. And now uh, one piece of sod has been pushed up by mushrooms. And then when I dug it all out and got about six inches in, down into the dirt, there is uh, a birch limb. Yeah, and that's what it is. There's rotting underneath there, so you're going to get that uh, um, rotting, and then you get the organic matter, which produces a lot of mushrooms and stuff. That That's usually the cause of a lot of it when we get them in Calgary, is that there's usually a piece of wood or something that didn't get removed that's uh, underneath the sod, and then we get mushrooms in that spot. So, Is there anything? Just to, um, I would dig that out. Yeah. Remove the wood and stuff like that underneath there, put fresh soil in, and then just pick the mushrooms, let it dry out, and then you should be fine. I don't know how long the, the piece of wood is, though. Yeah, well, it's your best to try and get it out if you can, like, chop it out. Like, you have to okay. just dig it out, okay. unfortunately. Another, sorry, but another thought was cover cover that piece of wood with a big piece of brick. No. Well, it, the organic matter is still going to be there, so the spores spread like they go wherever. So, And, and then it's just going to push it up yeah. somewhere else? Yep. This okay, is the best to you. remove the problem to have the solution, unfortunately. Right. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. I'll do one more, and then we're going to take a quick break. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. How can I help uh, you? Just some quick questions about uh, columnar aspens and trembling aspens and tower poplars. Yes. Um, I have a, a tower poplar tree. It's about six years old. And uh, I see the deer have stripped the bark off uh, just around the base of it. And Ugh. I'm wondering, what's the solution for that? Is there a spray that you can put on it to protect the we, tree? We have a, if it's right in, if they've taken all the bark off, I would probably use a product called Lac Balsam. It's a, it's a bark replacement. Okay. Um, how old of a tree is it? Uh, it's about six years old. Okay, so it still wasn't the heavy bark yet. So no, no, no. It's just a just a well juvenile tree, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all you can really do, unfortunately, and it usually doesn't fare that well because um, that it opens up the thing and opens up it for disease and stuff like that. So I would get it cleaned up as soon as possible. Get some lac balsam on there. Get that sealed up. And it's a bark replacement. Bark okay. replacement. Okay. Um, second question I have for you. Um, my sister's house here, we have uh, trembling aspens. Yep. Uh, and uh, so they've got uh, uh, limb growth right towards the base, and I'd like to prune them up a little bit, maybe about shoulder heights or something, so that they have nice bare trunks down to the, toward the ground. makes it easier to get around with a lawnmower. And I'm wondering uh, when's the best time to do that. Right now, you can do that anytime with their leaf out. If you want to remove them, you can dead damage, or if you want to remove branches like that, right now is a good time. Okay, great. And my last question, uh, I have a spruce limb that's hanging over the deck here right now. I'd like to prune it, but I know it's going to bleed sap onto my deck, and I don't want Just that to Just take happen. it right to the trunk. Like, don't take it part way. Take it right to the trunk. Take it all the way to the trunk. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Thank you very much, Merle. You're welcome. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. And thank Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Um, just want to touch briefly on, unfortunately, all the hail that uh, the northeast side of the city got hit with and towards Airdrie and stuff. The best thing to do is remove all the damage or broken branching and leaves um, off of your plants, if you have a little hostas or any of the stuff that's been shredded, even your petunias and things like that, they'll come back. Just cut them back, prune them off the any of the broken branches, stuff like, and then just start fertilizing 30-10-10 or 20-20-20, something like that. Just a good fertilizer, give them a good boost. And uh, and then a lot of that will recover, a lot of your perennials and, and annuals and things like that. Um, unfortunately, with the trees, if they've been shredded right to the bark and things like that, um, they're going to need to get pruned or some of them might even have to get removed depending on how bad it is. So um, you can put that in your insurance claim. So if you need help with that, again, call the guys that prune it up because um, some of those trees are a lot more money than you think. And uh, if you have hail coverage, you might be covered on that as well. So have a look at that and uh, and hopefully everyone's trees and stuff recover from that because that, that was one of the worst ones I've seen. So anyway, it's unfortunate stuff that happens uh, from Mother Nature. We're going to go to Arnold. Good morning, Arnold. Good morning. How can I help you? Uh, we have a large elm tree. The trunk is about two foot in diameter. And uh, this spring, the tips of the leaves or the tips of the branches just fell off. It just like rain. It just covered the lawn. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the elms got affected again by that freeze drying. Like it just, unfortunately, a lot of the bigger trees and things like that, Elms were another one that got affected a ton, and with the three or four past years been really dry, our, our falls have been really dry. It's been hard on a lot of those big trees, so they need a lot of a lot of water. What they had recommend really right now is is give it a really good shot, some deep watering around the drip line. You can fertilize them on a big tree like that. Probably use the get the guys from prune it up, get out, give it a good deep root fertilizing, or or if you want to do it yourself, something like a thirty ten ten or a twenty 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 would be a great one to give it. And just you got to try and rejuvenate it. Okay. All right. Lots of water and fertilizer. Thank you. All right. Take care. I just, uh, I just, I have to apologize on behalf of 770 myself, Let's Talk Gardening, Spruce It Up. Um, the comment um, by Mary was very offensive, and we apologize if anybody was offended by it, and uh, we did not intend, and it should have been cut off. So again, our apologies, and we're going to move to Karen, who has an issue with her birch tree. Good morning, Karen. Hi there. Hi, how can I help you? Um, I know that you had recommended you can use ambush on the... Yes. Tree, 
Um, I just want to know, have I missed the boat? I've got it, and I just, I'm not sure about um, the A, the concentration of it, and if it's too late. I had somebody say that I have to wait now until the, the this no, generation of you leaf wanna, miner falls. Yeah, but if you haven't got the birch leaf miner, if it's not affecting the leaves yet, that means it's not in there yet. So right now I'd give the ground around it a spray and okay. the trunk and the leaves and that if you can. Trunk and leaves. It's yeah. a pretty big tree, like it's about sixteen years old. So, um, yeah, um, you could get if you get one of those hose end sprayers. Okay. And and you can spray it that way to stand back. Just obviously be careful, or if you need to call in a spray type company. But yeah. the main thing is they come up from the ground yeah. and they fly around. So if you get the ground good and spray up and down the trunk as much as you can, because they're crawling up there and they fly up into it when okay. they're in this and hopefully we catch them we sh- I, i'm pretty sure we have the nematodes in now for it as well for the birch leaf miner oh do you i used those one year and well you know who knows if it well I, that's I it's it's, 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 it's a hard husband thing looked at me and thought i was crazy but uh <laughs> yeah so yeah, uh, I don't know. It's one of those ones, like some people pour Coca-Cola, like the guy, uh, there's a radio host in Seattle. He uses Coca-Cola on everything, almost, yeah. <laughs> and, and he says it works, so you don't know, right? So, Well, I actually had sent you a picture, I think, that year of it in the fall, and you commented that it, my tree looked better than a lot around, so I'm I'm going to say it worked. <laughs> yeah, deep wa- yeah, deep watering and rage okay. plus. If you have anybody has birch trees, um. Rage Plus and birch trees have a synergy like no other. Like I've seen it work so well on okay. on birch trees. So okay. Now, when I use that ambush on the ground, do I actually spray the ground or do yeah. I drench the ground? Just to spray the ground because they're all okay. crawling up on top now and they're starting to get going and flying up. So you just okay. want to catch them if you can. And what concentration? I mean, on the box, it gives me very a lot of like I could go a hundred per ten liters. I can go two hundred per ten liters. I would. It's, does it know? say anything like for like aphids or something like that? I would stick in that ratio. It's got gypsy moth, eastern tent caterpillar, forest tent. I would um, probably do the lower of the one to start. Like just start with the okay. hundred and try okay. that. Okay. And All do right. it on a cool. Like do it in the morning. Don't do it in when it's thirty degrees. Stuff like that. Okay. Thank you. Thanks very. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for your help. Bye. All right. And we're going to go to where are we at for time? We got some time. We're going to go to Catherine. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning. How can I help you? Well, I have a hawthorn tree. It's about seven years old. Yeah. And it's growing. It's doing great. But this year, it's put up so many suckers. Uh, it has before, but not very many. Yeah. So what I would just ensure that you can cut those off, like dig down as deep as you can and cut them off and just try to water deeper, like just water a little more often. It's just when they don't get enough water down deep, they start searching for it up high. Oh. Uh, so just deeper water around the root, around the, around the drip line, and that'll make a big difference. Would cedar chips help? Um, not yeah, it'll help keep the moisture in for sure. But deep watering, uh, bark mulch would definitely help with that as well. Oh, okay. all right. Thanks so much. Thanks, and make sure you, you give it a good shot of fertilizer after you water. What what kind of fertilizer? I would just use like a twenty 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 or a fifteen thirty fifteen is yeah, good for those. I got that. Perfect. Oh, all right. Yeah. Thank thanks, Catherine. Thanks. Bye bye. 
All right. And where are we at for time? We got, we're going to go to Lorraine. Good morning, Lorraine. Hi. Hello. Good morning. Hey, how can I help you? Yes. Um, we have lawn bordering uh, flower bed. Yep. And we've got a transfer of grass growing uh, to the flower bed, and of course that's where they propagate there too. We've uh, had a five-inch um, uh, plastic, you know, uh, um, seam, I guess you'd call it, um, uh, between the grass and the lawn and the flower bed, and it didn't help separate the, the lawn, you know, from the flower bed. So now uh, we're con- considering replacing that uh, plastic um, uh, edging. Yes, edging. Sorry, um, uh, and re- replacing it with a deeper one because yes. the grass has long, long roots. As you know. Yep. So you just re-edge the the grass. I get a nice sharp edger, and then anything that's grown into the flower beds, I would recommend just spraying it with Roundup. And don't spray any other plants, but just spray the grass yeah, and let yeah. it die and then dig it out. Like, let it totally die first before you dig it back out. Okay, okay. All righty. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. All right, bye-bye. All right, let's go. Actually, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to go to Doug. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, and happy Father's Day to everybody. Yes, thank you so much, and I, I agree. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. How can we help you? Well, it's been a couple of years since I called you. I'm the guy that uh, you kept, traps the ants in yeah. the uh, flower pots. and uh, <laughs> Pass them on to your neighbor. <laughs> pass them on to the landfill. Nice. Um, actually, I was going to email you a couple of pictures of showing you exactly I'd how love well to this see works. But now, do you have an email address? Yeah, can you can send it to Let's Talk Gardening at S-I-U-G-C dot C-A. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will... Yeah, and I'll um, put them on our site, on our website and stuff. I'll share with that for sure, if you don't mind. Oh, perfect. So I've, I've got a question today. Uh, one clematis. I've got a wall that has four clematis on it. Mm-hmm. Um, two on one side, two on the other, ten okay. feet apart. One side, they come up better than they ever have before. And on one side, the other side, they're um, struggling. You know, there's four little... Five little shoots trying to come out of the base of one, but they've that's going on. Yeah, like I would just I would just cut them back to to where you see the green is, and then that'll it won't waste its energy trying to push up through that deadwood on the hydrangeas a bit. They've had a bit of that issue this year for sure. So, and and uh, and clematis same thing. Like, yeah. like these little shoots don't. Yeah, just don't want to come out of the yeah. ground. Yeah, just, uh, just cut off all the deadwood right down to the ground. Give them a shot of fertilizer. Um, something like that, just a 20, 20, 20, 15, 30, 15 on both those. Um, give them a, just a really good shot of fertilizer um, sort of every five days for three weeks in a row or something like that would be great. Perfect. And, and last question, hydrangea, can I put them against a south side of a house? Sort of? Yeah, they love the heat. If you go with like the quick fire or the, some of the other varieties, absolutely. They love it. 
and I've got got your Annabelle, so that's one of the ones as well. So yeah, it can take full sun, but that's also one that you can put in the shade. And it, it does get filter light from an apple tree in front of it, so that's probably be a good spot then. Yeah, absolutely, perfect. Perfect. Appreciate Thank you. That. Thanks. Thanks take care. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye bye. And I'm going to go to where are we at for time? Dwight. Good morning, Dwight. Hey, Merle. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. No. Totally fine. Okay. Happy Father's Day. Hey, Happy Father's Day is to you as well. How can I? How can I help you today? Okay. Got a quick question about cuttings. You had mentioned that uh, your seed suppliers. Yep. Uh, the local guys. They they grow the they grow here in this climate to produce seeds that are hardy for this particular climate. Yep. Okay, the question I have is, if you took a cutting from a plant, say, from a zone 6 or zone 7, and then grew it in a zone 5 and it actually worked, does that mean that the DNA of the cutting changes a little bit? It it could, but when they say zone 6 or 7, a lot of times zone 5 is still marginal, like that's sort of where those ones are, they're feeling better, like that's where you're getting into Vancouver, Kelowna, like type stuff it's just right. when you get down to the when you start four is the next one then we get to ask like we're three four a um is where if the you could, if you could do it would that plant typically be strong enough to take a cutting and have that dna for that area yeah if you can get it to to grow in that in that area and, and winter over like we can get things to grow here no problem through the summertime it's just surviving the winter time right and a lot of our trees and shrubs are grown in Kelowna, Vancouver, Oregon, or wherever. Some are warmer just because they grow quicker, and uh, like a lot of the shrubs, and then they're good. All right? Okay, thanks, Merle. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, and we're going to go up to Judy. Good morning, Judy. Whoa. Good morning, Judy. Hi. Hi. I have a question about a Catoni Aster. Yep. I've just moved into this house, and it's it's an older house. It's 20 years old, but it looks like it was a beautiful bush at one time, but about 70, about probably not 85% of it's dead. It's just got yeah. stuff coming up. Yeah, you got infested probably with the scale that's attacking most of the Catoni Asters here in Calgary. Okay. Um, so what I would do is just cut that right down to the ground. Yeah. And if it's something you want to do yourself, you can call, like I said, our company at Prune It Up. They'd be more than happy to come down. They cut them right down to the ground. It's called rejuvenation. Do okay. a good cleanup and uh, and then just let it start fresh. It's just we've had a bad infestation of those uh, this past few years, okay. the scale of this going crazy on them. So. Should that be done by fall? Um, It should be done right away. Right away? Yeah, because then it's not wasting all its energy and then you're also getting rid of the scale so it saves spreading it to other ones around the city as well okay prune it up is who i call yep give thanks us a sir. call down at the store and they'd be more than happy to come out thanks very much for your help thank you Take bye-bye yeah, bye. all right and i'm gonna go to ollie good morning ollie good morning hey how can i, I help have you? oh i've got um a beautiful river rock front landscaping. Mm -hmm. I bought it that way. Lots of boulders, you know, lots of river rock, whatever. It's got the black fabric underneath it. And uh, um, I've had weed control fine for the last few years, you know, a little bit here and there. But this year is, oh, it's awful. I've used Roundup. I've used Weed Be Gone and nothing seems to be working. Okay. And it, and the worst one is the stuff that crawls along, the creepy crawly stuff. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, How just, can I get rid of all of it? Roundup should work. Um, just do it when we get a little bit warmer day here coming okay. up. Give it a good shot of Roundup. Um, just spray the leaves when they're when the when it's just going to be a nice warm day. Okay. And because uh, I know we've had lots of rain in between too and stuff like that. Right. So yeah. And we haven't had a lot of heat. The Roundup definitely works better. We're supposed to get some good heat this week, so it'd probably be a good uh, good week to, to hit them with the Roundup. And okay, would I would I uh, will that you know what do you call the weed that grows along the ground and keeps spreading? Uh, there's oh. sort of like a. A, a, a creeping clover. There's a ferny kind of thing. Yeah, you know? I know exactly what you mean. Um, I don't know the name of it, but it's yeah. it's harder to kill because the leaves are really fine. So I just know. just in early in the morning, you can give that a shot of the Roundup, sort of when you okay. have a bit of uh, condensation on it, and then give it a really good shot at that point. And could I? My backyard has no uh, no rock, but just. Um, ground like dirt yep. and shrubs and plants and same thing in the back do do that as well on the weeds in the back because there's a lot of them yep, in the just backyard. not in the grass because roundup is a non-selective herbicide and then if you want to yeah. spray weeds in the lawn then you use something like killax because i don't have any lawn okay so. perfect smart yeah, yeah okay <laughs> all right so just cover the just with the roundup you yep. say yep just, okay, just, on a hot just spot day. spray yep Okay, thank you very much. Have a great day. You too. Thanks, Ollie. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. back to Let's Talk Gardening, and we want to give away a $100 gift card to 1-800-GOT-JUNK. If you'd like to call in, we'll take the third caller in, and you will be the winner of a gift card to 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And uh, they'll haul away all that fun stuff for you. Get rid of it. Just call them, and uh, it'll be gone. You can call us at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And I'm just going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Mike regarding a spruce tree. Good morning, Mike. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, last year we bought a house uh, yeah. out here in Cochrane. Uh, a lot of beautiful trees here. But uh, one of the blue spruce uh, we feel is a bit too close to the house. It's about 15 or 18 feet tall. And the branches are rubbing against the house. And we're just a bit concerned about the foundation. Of yeah. the when well, a tree gets that big, it's really hard to transplant it. Um, Because we need to get in there and get like a 40-inch root ball out of it. Yes. Um, So when if it's that close to the house, it's going to be really hard to do. Like, um, So unfortunately, when they're planted too close like that, um, a lot of times you just need to cut them out, unfortunately, or dig them or remove them. So do you think that... uh like it being about four feet from the foundation, that there is a concern about roots? Um, it, it's pretty close, but plus the branches getting in the house and, and tipping, like, it, that's way too close for a spruce tree to be planted to your house. Right. They should be, like, 15 to 20 feet away. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're just worried about roots getting into them. Yeah, well, well they, they have a lot of surface roots that go, like, their roots are only about six inches high, deep for the most part. Right. But it's just when it gets bigger and bigger, it becomes weak, it, and then it doesn't have a, it can grab onto, so it can tip over easier on your house, stuff like that as well. 
is there a, is there a time when we think we should be cutting it down? No, I, if you're if you're removing it this sooner rather than later, because then you can move on, dig the roots out, um, yeah. replenish the soil, and put something different in there. Okay, great. Well, thanks a lot for the tip. Yep, and if you need any help, you can give our guys at Prune It Up a call, and they'd be more than happy to help you. That's great. Thanks. thanks Bye-bye. Bye. All right, I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with David. Good morning, Dave. Morning, Merle. Happy Father's Day to you and all the fathers out there. Thank you. Thank you. You may have uh, addressed this already. We've got little brown spots in our tomato plant leaves. Okay. Um, It depends on what it is. Sometimes it's water on the leaves on a real hot day, and it almost works like a magnifying glass. Oh, yeah. And it can it can it can burn them that way, or it could be little bugs getting in there eating. If you don't see much, if in some of them that have a bit more, I would just cut them off, and any of the lower branches, and then just ensure that you're feeding your tomatoes once a week, fifteen thirty fifteen, and a, transplant them into a nice big pot, and if they're not in the ground, and uh, just plant them fairly deep, like bury about a third of it down, and. Uh, and then you should be fine. They just they they're fairly heavy feeders, and they go through the foliage um, a fair bit, so you can cut off any of the the brown foliage and stuff like that. So okay. We'll and if you that. don't see in any visible bugs, that's probably I wouldn't be anything I'd be too worried about. Okay, that sounds great, Merle. Yeah, we haven't seen bugs around there. So. Yeah, no, and it's some, it's just the environment and some of our cool nights too. If you had a little bit of water on there, it could cause that. There's just a few things like, but I wouldn't be too worried. Okay, and fifteen. 30, 15, high middle number. And if you're growing the bigger tomatoes, ensure that you have something with a calcium supplement of some sort. Okay, yeah, they are the bigger ones. We got yeah. them from your greenhouse. Yeah, so just make sure we have the calcium supplement as well or some of the evolved tomato fertilizer has the calcium in it. Um, okay. That helps prevent the blossom end rot on the end of your big tomatoes. Okay, that sounds great, Merle. All right, thank you. Okay, Bye-bye. thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and I think I'm going to go to Vicki. Good morning, Vicki. Good morning, Merle. I have a question. Okay. I'm a long, long-time listener, first-time caller. Okay. From Montana. Awesome. How's yeah. it down there? It's a beautiful day. We had a lot of sun this morning, a little bit of a breeze, but whereabouts a really in, nice Whereabouts day. in Montana, how far across the border are you? Not too far. I'm in Cut Bank. Okay. Is that how far away from Duck Lake and stuff like that? I'd say about 30, 40 miles, I think, about 40 miles. Nice. Yeah, I, I used to work for a family. We had the, they had a ranch down there. We used to go down a couple times a year and do some gardening down on Duck oh. Lake and uh, Leaning Tree Campground down there. Just, yeah, just, I've heard of it. Just past yeah. there. Like, oh, there's no, all the trees are leaning because it's so windy. Yeah, the wind. <laughs> Holy <laughs> man. Yeah. yeah, we get blasted. Yeah, I planted well, some shelter belts and some other stuff down that way, so... Anyways. Nice. Yeah. Well, my question about pure spray green, can you use it on your garden, your vegetable garden? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. I was out early this morning spraying. I had something eating my beet leaves, and I sprayed them, and I got some on my lettuce. Yep. And And just rinse it off really good. It's a pharmaceutical-grade mineral oil, so it's not, um, it's nothing bad, and, uh, and uh, just I would just rinse it off after you spray it on on your veggies, leave it for so, and then let it do its thing, and then spray it off. Just rinse it off, and then you're fine. Okay, on the label it said there was a 21 day before harvest. Yeah, and that's why you rinse it off, and then just just follow those directions depending on what you're harvesting, and it'll have those. Because on yours, if you bought it, it probably has a it'll say pesticide, and then it says fungicide on it. Does it not? 
You know, I'm not sure I got it at your store. Oh, okay, okay, because you when I when I see it in the states, it has uh, ours just says insecticide, and then in the mm-hmm. states it says fungicide as well because they have the registration for it, and in Canada no. they want another million bucks to put fungicide on it. So it's kind of crazy, but... No, I was at your store and I bought it. Thank you. Awesome. But, um, so can we eat our... I rinsed it off right away. I would still wait the the 20 days. Like, just give it a couple more rinses and then you should be good. But But still wait the 21? Yeah, it's not like it's it's a poison. Like, it's so... Okay, okay. All right. And then, do I have time for another quick question? Um, Not really. I'll just put you on hold and I'll take you off air. I got a break you. for the news here, and we're done Thank for the you. show. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. And that's it. And, again, thanks for listening. Um, and we're going to get our garden on again next week as we're moving into the summertime. Thanks for joining us here on 770 CHQR.